You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1358 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening, November 30th. And today's show is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweater odor, try Sweatblock right now. Save 20% off with the promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. And today's show will be myself breaking down Hawks magic from Wednesday evening. I'm actually in Orlando. As you're watching on YouTube, you probably know this by now. It's kind of a lo-fi setup here, so my apologies, not my normal video or audio quality on this one, but you will hopefully understand that I am uh, on the road covering the game. Uh, certainly it was courtside this evening for a pretty interesting game all the way around, and the Hawks get a win that was badly needed. They only by as many 25 points in the second half. It was a cruise control kind of victory on paper to snap that three-game losing streak, and uh, I will say, though, a little bit of downside here at the end in that both John Collins and DeAndre Hunter left the game for the Hawks. They're two starting forwards, and that is sort of looming over everything with regard to this game, but on the court, it was a very, very positive performance, and uh, one of those games where, yes, you have to win it, uh, at, least, uh, at least you should win it against a team that's pretty bad, honestly, in Orlando, but nothing is assured in the NBA, as we saw the last three or four nights for the Hawks, and they went out, established it early on, and then rode the wave, and really were never seriously challenged after halftime. So coming into the night, the Hawks were facing a Magic team that was 5-16 and 16 overall this season, and 1-7 and seven in the last eight games. A pretty bad team on both ends of the floor. Of course, the Hawks played them in Atlanta back in October during that early five-game soft stretch of the schedule. Um, but there were a lot of injuries coming into the night and even more coming out of the night for the Hawks. I mentioned DeAndre Hunter left the game. It was listed as questionable with a hip flexor, actually. Ended up playing. Um, the Hawks d- deemed that as right thigh soreness during the game when he left. Uh, seems similar. Uh, it was listed differently, but Nate McMillan said after the game, actually to a question that I asked him about uh, that, to kind of confirm that it's actually still the same issue that Hunter is facing. Um, Justin Holiday missed this game as well. He was out in the health and safety, safety protocols, so he was the backup power forward during the game on Monday with Jalen Johnson out of the lineup. And Jalen Johnson was still out in this game as well. He was listed as doubtful, ended up not playing. There was a step forward in a positive direction on the injury front, and that is Bogdanovich being upgraded to doubtful in this game. He did not play, and McMillan said that um, before the game even happened, but I wrote about this a little bit on my on my Patreon, by the way, which is patreon.com slash btrolling on Tuesday in some depth, but Landry Fields went on the radio on 92.9 The Game in Atlanta this week and said that Bogdanovich, quote, should be ready, should be, sorry, should be back pretty soon here, end quote, and also said he'd be, he, he would imagine it would be, quote, in the next few games, end quote. Then that was the change from the injury report, uh, he's been out on every single injury report this season until he was listed as doubtful on Tuesday into Wednesday. Now, he would, did not play in this game. He didn't seem to be getting ready to play in this game, but uh, it will no longer shock anybody if he plays, even as early as Friday. The Hawks have not said that, but anytime you get that notable change in the designation, anything can happen at that point. On the Orlando side, no Winokara Jr. in this game, their best center, as well as Mo Bamba and Jalen Suggs. They were shorthanded in this, in this spot as well. They did get Markel Fultz back for his season debut, actually, on this night, and Cole Anthony returned from an injury. The Hawks were favored by our friends at Bet Online by 6.5 points, and they covered that with ease in this spot. That kind of tells you that even on the road and even shorthanded, the Hawks were supposed to win this game, and they went out and won this game. As for the game itself, the Hawks allowed um, a little bit of offensive juice from, from Orlando, in the first few minutes, but the Hawks were scoring kind of at will, honestly. Um, with the 
Magic starting Paolo Boncaro and Bol Bol in the front court. It was Capella defending Paolo Boncaro, uh, which is not exactly what you would think. Boncaro, kind of a point forward type, uh, definitely you know big, kind of almost center sized player. But Capella had a nice job, did a nice job on offense in this game, finishing around the rim and then defending Boncaro while also rebounding. He was fantastic in this game, and the Hawks scored. On seven of the first eight, first eight possessions in the game, kind of tells you how effective they were for most of the most of the night, and they got to the rim without much resistance at all from Orlando. Now, you know, Bull Bull, at least as a prospect, was kind of known for his defense. He's definitely more of an offensive player uh, at this stage. Moncaro, same thing. So not a whole lot of defensive um, acumen for this Magic team around the rim, and the Hawks kind of exploited that in strong fashion. Rotationally, it was a Kongwu off the bench first. Short stint for Capella. It's very similar to normal. Uh, Trent Forrest still in rotation in this game. He was the uh, he was ahead of Aaron Holiday for the uh, the third straight night for the Hawks. That's probably uh, reasonable to me. I think he's been playing pretty well. And then uh, early on, Hunter went to the locker room when he came out of the game immediately. He played seven minutes, and that was it. Just the one stint. Came out, and it was the Jarrett Culver show after that. In fact, I think Culver was going to play anyway. Because of Jalen Johnson being unavailable and Justin Holiday being unavailable, I think it was going to be Culver as the backup four anyway, but he played a lot more than he was going to because of the fact that Hunter left the game. Hawks had a couple of nice runs in the first quarter, an 8-2 to two push. It actually included Hunter's best play of the night, I thought, with a good pump fake and drive all the way to the rim for a nice layup through contact. And then Trey had a great pass to Okongwu for a dunk as well. Box shot by 11 points at the end of the first quarter. It went to actually a 2-3 zone look for a couple different times in this game when they had to go small, and the Hawks were very small at times in this game. But they sort of papered over that with some uh, good strategy stuff defensively and Capella as the backline anchor. Um, offensively, it was a masterclass early on. In this one, they had a 152 offensive rating in the first quarter despite not hitting a 3. So they were 0-6 from 3, but they were 16 of 19 on twos and had 28 points in the paint in the first quarter. Those are crazy numbers. He had nine assists and one turnover. Uh, Capella had a career high 12 points in the first quarter of this game on six shots. And then defensively, they were pretty solid as well. But basically, from that point forward, the Hawks were really not, uh, I don't want to say not challenged, but they certainly were up by a comfortable amount for the entire rest of the game. Um, in the second quarter, it was the lineup that kind of had some predictable issues was the bench plus Murray group because of the, the bench was even more weakened than it normally would be. It was Murray, it was Forrest, it was Griffin, Culver, and Okongwu. They're obviously very small there with Murray and Forrest plus Culver at the four and Okongwu at the five. And Okongwu had three fouls in his first eight minutes on the floor as well. Um, I will say a couple of questionable calls against Okongwu in that stretch, but they lost that, those bits by like, by like four or five points. Uh, that was not great necessarily. Once the starters came back in, it was Culver at the four um, with those guys um, at, at times. And actually, it was at, at the three originally with Collins still playing. Then when Collins went out, he moved almost primarily to the four the rest of the game. He was rebounding. He was doing a good job for the most part. Um, offensively, it was a little bit less crisp in the second quarter, but still pretty pretty effective for the most part. Um, Trey got a nice lob to Collins, then a nice fast break finish from Culver, actually, to prop the timeout by the Magic. It was a 13-2 run by the Hawks late in the first half to go up by 21 points. That included threes by DeJounte and Trey and a huge block by John Collins on Gary Harris. Uh, but again, the worst part of the half and really the entire game was the injuries for the Hawks. Not only Hunter, but Collins left the game at the very end of the first half. In fact, literally at the buzzer of the first half. Trey threw him a lob. It was a little bit late. Collins finished it, but it, it did not count. He came down hard in his left foot and left ankle. Got up very slowly. Had to be helped to the locker room right in front of where I was sitting, actually, courtside. Um, ended up being ruled out with a left ankle sprain. It did not look good, but ankle sprains are tricky on the outside to kind of evaluate and obviously there's not a whole lot said after the game I'll play the audio later on from Nate McMillan but uh, yeah that's kind of where we are right now uh, those guys left the game in the first half 
Hawks dropped by 20 points at the halftime break. It never got tight after that. They did have a 140 offensive rating before halftime, which is pretty crazy. Trey was excellent. He had 15 points and 10 assists with no turnovers before halftime. He was that good. And then defensively, they played very well at the same time. Um, we'll get into more on the second half and some takeaways from this one. But uh, generally speaking, the game was all but over, up 20. Uh, but there was a curveball still to come with the, with, these, with the lineups after halftime without Collins and Hunter. We'll get into that in a second. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show today. Today's show is brought to you by Sweat Block, and no matter what situation might be, dealing with sweat is never fun, and no one wants to sweat at a bad time, honestly. Whether you're in a presentation at work, or going on a date, or dealing with the heat in Atlanta or somewhere else in the South over the summer, in fact, sweat issues can really hurt your confidence overall. We all want to be confident in what we're doing, and with that said, Sweat Block is the best way to fix those problems. Sweat Block Weiss have been the bestseller on Amazon for more than 10 years at this point, with more than 10,000 five-star reviews. Sweat Block does not keep you dry, you get your money back, and if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, Sweatblock is the answer that you need, and you can try it risk-free today. Go to sweatblock.com and save 20% if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, and Sweatblock is also available on Amazon. One more time, that is sweatblock.com and promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off with Sweatblock. All right, not too much back and forth in the second half, but they did have a curveball out of the gate. It was both Collins and Hunter were ruled out coming out of the halftime. Um, so it was actually, they started Vid Krejci at the three and Jarrett Culver at the four. Uh, Nate, I think the plan, if I had to guess, was to keep the rotation intact and keep A.J. Griffin in his similar role, same with Trent Forrest. But it was Vic Krejci's first rotation minutes of the entire season. In fact, both Culver and Krejci had not played any meaningful rotation minutes all year long. And they ended up starting the second half of this game. And now, granted, they were up by 20, but they, it was still competitive at that point. Um, and, they, and they did it together. So kind of a crazy thing there. And uh, predictably, the defense was a lot worse. When Collins left the game, uh, and you, you basically swap Collins for Culver and Krejci, uh, Collins 100 for Culver and Krejci, that's going to be a huge downgrade on both ends of the floor, but especially on defense with, with Vit out there. Um, Orlando had 14 points in the first five minutes, and that was a little bit uh, kind of not unsurprising. They went to AJ Griffin mid-quarter in his normal slot. He had a crazy, like, beautiful double pump jump shot, jump shot that he made. Not a lot of guys can make that shot or even take that shot, and that's pretty impressive. They also finally uh, used the Frank Kaminsky and Angeka Kongwu dual lineup together out of, I think, necessity, honestly, because they were so shorthanded. It didn't work all that well, and Frank looked a little bit creaky again, but uh, that was the one time it's probably use, uh, probably reasonable to use that group uh, because they're just so shorthanded at the four. And again, the Hawks had basically what I would describe as their top four power forward options were out by halftime in this game because you throw you basically... You have Collins, of course. You have Hunter as the backup as a backup four option, plus starting three. You have Jalen Johnson as the backup four, and then we saw they used Justin Holiday as the backup four earlier this week. So that's literally their top four power forward options were all unavailable, and that's how you get to starting Jared Culver and Vic Krejci together. Anyway, the league got down to 14 a few times in the third quarter. Trey Young though was kicking it into high gear on offense. He had 13 points in the first eight minutes of the third, and then that, that sparked a 15 to four run by uh, Trey and the Hawks to go up by 25, and they're by 24 at the end of the third quarter. They had 100 points through three quarters. Offensively, they were cooking the entire way, and uh, good on defense as well. It did help that Orlando was turning the ball over like crazy, but the Hawks were certainly able to profit from that, which was a positive. And then their one remaining run by Orlando happened early in the fourth. It was an 11 to four push to get the lead down to 17. Um, the Hawks were up by as uh, as few as 15 in the, sec- in the fourth quarter, I should say. A um, couple of good... Anytime the Hawks were kind of scuffling, they were able to get to the rim again after they kind of refocused, which is probably a good thing. 
That's one of the stories that I thought. They were a little bit ISO-happy in the fourth quarter, as they are prone to be, but I was a little bit surprised um, rotationally by one thing, is that Griffin, not that he didn't start, that was, you know, people kind of overrate that, but I was surprised and I think a little bit befuddled that it was so much Vic Krejci in the second half. I thought AJ was definitely underutilized in the second half. Now, he ended up playing a decent amount of minutes. 23 minutes is totally fine for him, but uh, given the stakes and given the uh, situation, I would have probably gone a little bit higher on that with AJ. Anyway... A couple of dagger spots. Uh, Murray hit a three with about four minutes to go to go up by 18. It was kind of probably over at that point. If that wasn't it, it was a layup by Culver off a dump down pass by, Col- by, Col- by, sorry, by Capella with about two and a half minutes to go to go back up by 17. And it was basically uh, all garbage time from there. In fact, Aaron Holiday, who was the only guy who did not play any rotation minutes in this one, came in um, ice cold with very end for the final minute along with Kaminsky and uh, Krejci, etc. So at the end of the day, the Hawks played well in this game. Now, you have to adjust a little bit for Orlando. They are that bad. They're five and seventeen now, and uh, shorthanded in this one. You know, you could argue that Wendell Carter Jr. is one of their three best players. He was out. Mobamba, etc. They have some real shortcomings on this roster defensively. It was kind of a mess. But the Hawks were good on both ends of the floor in this game. A one twenty-five offensive rating, and it was even better than that for most of the game. They shot sixty-nine percent, very nice on twos. 62% points, sorry, 62 points in the paint for the Hawks in this game. They shot 78% at the rim. It was a layup parade, especially in the first half, but really it was, uh, they were able to get whatever shot they wanted to around the rim the entire game. They also won the possession battle by a lot. The Hawks ended up taking 15 more shots than the, than the Magic did because they had 14 offensive rebounds and only 12 turnovers in the game. That's an excellent ratio. They shot the ball 8 of 32 from three-point range. That's 25%. They did that, and they still one, and they were able to play efficiently because they did everything else well on offense. Um, defensively, same kind of story, a 107 defensive rating that was much better than that until the fourth quarter when it was kind of out of reach and uh, kind of not necessarily the same intensity level. It did get worse without Collins and Hunter, as you might expect, but it was good overall. The Magic shot the ball like at a league average level in terms of their actual you know, field goal percentage and all that stuff. But the Magic had 18 turnovers in this game. That's a huge advantage for the Hawks. And Atlanta grabbed 34 out of 40 missed shots by Orlando. That's a great defensive rebounding performance. Uh, headline by Capella. Also, obviously, Collins before he left had six, reba- six rebounds. Culver with nine. Akongo had four. It was a nice balanced rebound situation for the Hawks, and they played very well in this game. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the overarching theme of this one. But you know, just broadly speaking, the Hawks played well. The Magic are bad. Both can be true at the same time. And look, in a vacuum, this game is a pretty like anonymous, comfortable win against a bad team. But given the way the Hawks were coming in, losing their last three games in a row, getting right in this spot, doing it easily, doing it despite the injuries, having the starters kind of dominate this one was uh, kind of what the doctor ordered, I would say, as the Hawks then return home from here on Friday and then again on Monday. We'll get into all of the individual breakdown stuff in a moment. But before we get to that, a word from our sponsors on the show today. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. That's a huge part of the appeal. And if you already knew that, something you also might not know is and that you can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix and this will actually change your worldview. ExpressVPN allows you to binge shows like The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to, to do. Just sign to the service, fire up the ExpressVPN app, change the location to the UK, refresh that service, and that's all you have to do. ExpressVPN lets you control what you want sites to think you're located and choose up to almost 100 different countries. Just imagine all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. It's not just that either. ExpressVPN works on the streaming services that you're looking for. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it, and it's there with ExpressVPN. 
There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason why I use ExpressVPN is because of the ridiculously fast pace that it has. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD with absolutely no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, whether it's phones or media consoles or smart TVs or much more, and watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. If you want access to hundreds of new shows and more, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now. You get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com slash locked on. One more time, that is expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. All right, and to the bench in this one, a definitely interesting, you know, injury played rotational kind of thing um, that led to 10 guys, actually 11 guys playing real minutes. Kaminsky was the one who played the least, had played seven minutes, didn't score, had a rebound, had an assist, and a turnover, and minus four. Uh, he was, you know, pretty shaky, as you might as you might expect. I'll kind of leave that alone for now. Trent Forrest played 15 minutes in this game, had four points, two rebounds, Made both of his shot attempts. Did have two fouls. Played well. Was decisive. You know, people keep asking me why Force is playing. And I think it's pretty obvious he's just making good decisions. He's not a good shooter in the perimeter, but he definitely defends. And he's he's uh, handling the ball well. He's attacking closeouts, kick, you know, kick out kick out passes, and a good process overall from him. Uh, Culver, I thought was good in this game. Now I've already seen some people going a little bit overboard with Jarrett Culver, which is kind of what happens when a guy who's a former lottery pick has a nice game. Um, there's pros and cons here. So on the positive side, 12 rebounds. That's a career high for him, by the way. Nine defensive rebounds. He was definitely playing aggressively. Had two steals. Did his job well in that regard. He did He did play defense. He did rebound. He was crashing. Had a block shot. He was active. He was definitely fresh-legged in this game. He, did, he played well. I'll say that. Now on offense... It is clear to me, and I think if you watch this game close enough, he is a negative pretty obviously. Um, that has been the case for a long time. His shooting is pretty poor. You know, between him and Forrest, those guys are pretty much non-shooters in a lot of ways. Um, once the Magic kind of figured out that Culver wasn't going to shoot or basically can't shoot from three-point range, they were able to adjust and play off him a little bit more and exploit that. But I thought he played well, and being that he was thrust into, thrust into action, I think the Hawks did prepare him pretty obviously to play the four in this game. I think that was the plan all along, judging by the fact that he came in before Collins went down as the backup four. But Culver did his job, and this one was plus seven in 30 minutes. That's a pretty crazy high number. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, kind of what happens if Collins and Hunter are out. But certainly Culver uh, did a, sort of a nice audition to get some minutes here if uh, as long as you know the Hawks have these challenging wing rotation minutes and full rotation minutes they actually have to fill. Um Krejci, 15 minutes, uh, sorry, 18 minutes, all in the second half. So he played almost the entire second half. Uh, had four fouls, 0 for 2 from the floor, had an assist, had a rebound. Uh, defensively, Vit is uh, not very good. And that's, it was kind of, uh, you know, coming into the night when you were going through the rotation and uh, it's like, all right, you have these options. If things go wrong, uh, it's it's Krejci versus Culver for some minutes at the forward spots. I kind of always assume Nate's going to default to defense, which is what happened. Culver played more than Krejci because of that. Krejci is a lot more talented on offense than Culver is, but at the same time, uh, I think Culver's probably more ready to play because of his defense and his activity level. Um, so there you go on that. Um, and the guys that you might expect to play the minutes, uh, Okongwu and Griffin both played pretty well. Onyeka was better tonight than he had been previously. 12 points, 8 rebounds, and uh, had two, two turnovers and three fouls, but uh, did his job and didn't have to play a whole lot in the second half. And then Griffin, 15 points on 12 shots in 23 minutes. He is definitely getting him up, as he should. Um, three of six from, from three in this game. Should have played more in my mind, but um, had a steal, had an assist, had a rebound, and uh, did his job with a plus seven off the bench. Um, Collins and Hunter, 
Didn't play a ton, obviously. Hunter had to leave the game. Collins, I thought, played good defensively before he had to leave in the first half. He had 6.7 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block in 17 minutes. Uh, was plus 21 in the first half of this game. Um, and then the, the big three on this night were, of course, Young, Murray, and Capella. I thought Capella was just flat-out excellent. Nate talked about that. Trey talked about that as well. 20 points, 12 rebounds, had a assist, had a steal, and just like, did his job beautifully in this game. Uh, by the way, shot 9 of 10 from the floor. And 2 2 at the free throw line. So good to see Clint making those. And uh, he was flying around. He was definitely kind of dominating. I know my friend Glenn Willis talked about this during the game, but he could have gotten even more points if the Hawks had kind of targeted him more, which is kind of funny on a game where he had 12, 20, and 12, but he played great. And then Young and Murray were both good as well. DeJounte wasn't like lights out, but it was better in this game than he's been for most of the time recently. 27 points, 6 assists, did have 2 steals, did have 5 turnovers, which is probably a little bit too many that you would want, but he shot the ball pretty decently. He was 8 15 on twos and 3 of 8 on threes. That's totally fine. And then Trey, I thought was awesome, honestly. You know, Trey is not having his best season so far by his lofty standard, but 30 points, 14 assists, and two turnovers at game high, plus 24. He shot 10 of 12 on twos. He was 2 of 11 on threes, so imagine if he was making threes in this game, he would have been even better. But once he kind of figured out that he could get to kind of get wherever he wanted to, he was playing in total command. Nate praised those guys for being in command. In fact, I want to play some audio for you now from Nate. Uh, first, kind of just Nate's broad assessment of the night. He was, you'll hear the question by Lauren Jabara of Valley Sports Southeast, and you'll kind of hear Nate talk about uh, what his basically initial and overall thoughts were on the game. Hey, this one has to feel good. It just really felt like you guys were able to attack him, especially in the paint, 62 points in the paint. What, what did you see from, from your team to fight? I thought our guys did a good job of establishing the tempo from start to finish. Uh, Trey and DJ did a nice job of establishing uh, the defense. Uh, we were able to get out and get into uh, transition, and uh, we kept that pace uh, the entire night. You know, we had some guys to... Uh, go down and we had players to uh, step in and uh, be productive but uh, it started with our guards uh, doing a good job of establishing uh, the tempo uh, knowing that we needed to get this game and uh, just play solid basketball uh, throughout this game uh, did a good job of uh, getting us into our offense only 12 turnovers I think we had five at the half and uh, finished with 12 for the game and um, I thought those guys did a real solid job. Clint was solid on the defensive end of the floor, defending uh, Anchero and you know guarding really a guard uh, and rebounding the basketball for us. So that starting five did a solid job of, of getting us started. All right, so we'll tee up now. I'll get into this sort of last thing on today's podcast about kind of what the fallout might be if Hunter and or Collins are sidelined. But first, here is the short version of what Nate had to say about the uh, injury statuses of both players, including a follow-up by me that you'll hear um, live from Orlando. And how are Dre and John doing? Uh, I'm hoping they're going to be okay. They're going to get uh, x-rays tomorrow or MRIs tomorrow, and uh, we'll know more uh, on those two injuries uh, tomorrow. Was Dre's a new injury? Is it it's on the same side as the one he was on the injury report? No, that's, that's the one that... It's the same. It's the yeah, same. It's sore. Yeah. So I want to stress right now, uh, we do not know anything else about DeAndre or John as I'm recording this podcast late into the night on Wednesday into Thursday. You'll hear, you heard there, Nate said they're going to get MRIs on Thursday. Um, you know, Hunter's injury, as he kind of clarified to me there, it was listed as two different things, but it is the same injury, so it's some sort of hip-slash-thigh issue 
and uh, Collins very obviously more easy to kind of figure out what it is. It's the ankle. It was very obvious to anyone that was watching the replay of that of that incident. So it's complicated. Um, you know, eventually in the near future, you'd imagine Justin Holiday will be out of the protocols. Uh, Jalen Johnson was doubtful to play, but he might be back as soon as Friday as well. It'd be very helpful to have those guys back. If you had to do a game without all four of them, then you would probably see what you saw in the second half tonight, which was a lot more of Krejci and a lot more of Culver. That isn't what anybody wants, I don't think, but that would be the case. Um, if Hunter is out for a while and Collins were to be available, I think you would see a lot of A.J. Griffin, obviously, maybe even some Culver, maybe some more Trent Forrest. We'll see some more Justin Holiday if he's available, etc. And then if Collins is out, it's a little bit more complicated because, yes, you have Jalen Johnson, but Jalen Johnson is a guy that has not been playing huge minutes necessarily. Um, you know, Hunter has played some backup four, but if he's banged up as well, um, they don't have a, as much depth at the four spot. You know, at the, at, on the wings, you could you could play Trent Forrest. You could play Aaron Holiday if you want to. They're obviously small, but you can do that. At the four, it's basically the Hawks only have Jalen Johnson as a guy that I would describe as a primary power forward. They do have guys who can play there. Justin Holiday has played there before. We saw tonight it was Jarrett Culver. But Collins, there's a reason why they have not traded Collins. This is one of those, I'm not trying to go down, not, down that rabbit hole right now. But one of the things is he's very valuable to them and that he can play um, that role defensively in particular. On offense, you know, it's kind of, you, you can put, a, you can put a, a wing there on offense. But on, on defense, that secondary rim protection role, rebounding, etc. So Collins is difficult to, to replace. And we even saw it this year. Um, Hunter missed that one game, and the defense went off a cliff. Now, I think Hunter is easier to replace on offense than defense at this point because you can play Jay Griffin, obviously, in that spot. But, uh, yeah, definitely some questions. We'll see if there's any more updates between now and Friday. It's one of those things where, like, I kind of have to default to those guys maybe not playing on Friday if I had to guess right now. But, again, a total guess at this stage. And if we get a timeline, we'll go over kind of who's available. Clearly, you know, Bogdanovich getting close would be a little bit helpful if they were to miss Hunter for some length of time, because Bogey is a NBA quality wing player, but they're very different players, obviously, with their strengths on offense and defense, etc, etc. So, yeah, a little bit of uh, a black cloud hovering over this win, but at the same time, the Hawks win this game comfortably, and they do it in a way that was, uh, you know, they needed this one, let's just say. Nothing's a must-win, in the NBA, especially not in November uh, against a divisional opponent that you play four times. But uh, definitely a nice night to get a win and not have any kind of incident along the way in terms of on the floor. Obviously, the injury stuff looms, but the uh, result was a positive one overall. Uh, from here, the Hawks return home on Thursday. They have the day off on Thursday, no practice or anything like that. Uh, MRIs, of course, for Collins and Hunter. And then they play at home on Friday against the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets played tonight as I speak on Wednesday evening. Uh, at home in Denver, they won against the Rockets, so they have a long trip from Denver to Atlanta, so a slight advantage there, and then we'll see what happens. And then the Hawks are actually, after that, they're off on Saturday and Sunday before they uh, return uh, home again on, on Monday. So a, a sort of a mini two-game homestand here over the weekend. We'll have full coverage, as we always do on the podcast. I'm planning to record a show on Thursday evening as well, provided I get to Atlanta back in uh, back in one piece, so we'll, uh, stay tuned for all of that. Please subscribe to this podcast on any podcast platform, across the board, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, Odyssey app, all those places, as well as YouTube on the video side. Please follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Follow the show on Twitter 
at Lost on Hawks. If you're interested in my, in my written content, which I am cranking up a lot more of these days, it's patreon.com slash btroland. Still free. You're able to pledge if you'd like to, to follow me and support me there, there, but also you can just read the posts that are available right now. At this point, they're all publicly available. So uh, check that out as well. I really do appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. It's been fun to kind of see some of the Spotify raps that have people uh, listening to this podcast quite a bit. I do, I'm definitely overwhelmed by that and uh, in a positive direction. So thank you for listening to the podcast as always. Hopefully you were able to navigate the content on this night from Orlando in a, in a hotel room with some less than optimal conditions. But there you go. We'll leave it there for now. We'll see you later on this week. Please subscribe and we'll see you next time.